This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Krishna Srinivasan, a founding general partner at Live Oak Venture Partners in Austin, Texas, an early-stage venture capital firm with investments in a variety of companies, including eDiscovery Review software provider, Disco. Hi, Krishna. How are you? Hi, Ari. Nice to talk to you. So, tell us about your background and the genesis of Live Oak Venture Partners. Absolutely. I joined the venture capital industry in the the height of the internet boom in in the year 2000. Joined a local firm in Austin, Texas called uh, Austin Ventures. Spent 10 years at Austin Ventures. And then with a couple of my partners from there, left and uh, launched Live Open Partners. We raised a $109 million fund which is really focused on uh, investing in technology and technology-enabled services companies here in Texas. Basically, the uh, lead investor versions for these technology companies, typically investing 2 to $4 million for a first check, possible life cycle of the company from that point on until uh, an exit occurs in the company. How do you decide on which companies to invest in? Oh, that is, uh, it's quite an art form, I must say, and it's something which you develop much more on an experiential basis, which is why a venture capitalist having to go through almost an apprenticeship model um, before you pick up some patterns associated with it. Uh, it's not something they teach you at business school. You know, I went to Wharton, and uh, it's not something that... Uh, um, teach you in an MBA program. Um, so I think you uh, collect a lot of patterns on what to look for, and it, it, for us, it is uh, number one is we look for great entrepreneurs that we believe are great entrepreneurs to back. Um, number two, we uh, look for companies that have some uh, appropriate evidence of traction, which indicates that uh, this we might be this company might be onto something. And uh, maybe number three actually ends up being segment. It's, we, are, we are consciously people first, segment next type of investors. And our uh, investing decisions are heavily based on backing the right people with the right insights, with the right drive, and uh, get pretty smart about a specific segment by leveraging on our external network of experts. Um, and, and that's, in general, uh, how we look at uh, companies that we invest in. So you mentioned market segment. Why is legal technology currently attracting so much attention from venture capital firms? You know, we are, uh, legal technology is part of uh, um, areas of business in general, which is going through a joint transformation in, with respect to the use of technology. Uh, it's, that's an area which we, as a firm, have a lot of focus on, um, not just legal tech in specifically, but we look for traditional industries that have historically might not have invested heavily in technology, but with the use of next-generation technology, cloud-based technology, you can unlock significant gains make them much more productive, much more efficient than what they do. Um, and we look for examples of, uh, of, of, of technology segments 
where it's applicable. Um, and, and legal tech, you know, quietly falls into that for us as we spend more and more cycles about it. We have uh, discovered that uh, legal tech is an arena where uh, people were, frankly, using a lot of traditional um, software, on-premise software, and, and not being exposed to, on, on, on personal life, the consumerization of technology, use of Google, use of social, is significantly more than the kind of tech people have been using in their workplace. Um, and uh, there is opportunity to uh, really disrupt the existing stack of technology players and bring in significant efficiencies to uh, the legal industry, both in law firms and enterprises, and uh, that's perhaps why legal tech is seeing such a such a growth of opportunity. And you not only want to be able to do that, but you can do these kinds of uh, games with currently available cloud-based technologies, etc. But you also want to operate in large spaces and large markets. And given the size of the overall legal industry, um, it's 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 kind of a, a great match between large market with the opportunity to disrupt or make it more efficient with the use of better software. Maybe that's the combination that's providing a, a great uh, opportunity for legal tech companies in general. What are the advantages and disadvantages of investing in legal? You know, I think the, uh, as we have learned, you know, we have been long-term investors in enterprise software. I've been doing this for 18 years. Um, and legal is fairly unique in terms of uh, the selling model. You know, you're, you're, you're selling to law firms uh, uh, an interesting collection of uh, partners. And so the selling process models can be unique and, uh, and, and both easy in some ways and challenging some other ways. It's easy in some ways where you can get a partner's interest and you can start to earn some business to go do something with a law firm. It can be challenging when you're trying to get to a larger deal from a firm-wide basis and it has to go through a complex committee to get to an end point. Um, starting to enterprise into being a lot more, a lot better, well-characterized, well-defined historically. And so the legal has got its own set of idiosyncrasies from a selling model perspective. Um, on the other hand, secondly, the advantage in being legal, of course, are that uh, I was surprised by how little the industry had embraced uh, the latest in user interface, the latest in, um, in, in, in databases, in the use of uh, cloud-based software, etc. It felt like a space that was it's primed for disruption with respect to the use of uh, cutting-edge technologies. Um, and... Uh, the last part is there is a, obviously a big reliance on channel, big reliance on service providers here, and companies need, just need to carefully balance how you go direct versus how you go to indirect channel purposes. So overall, a mixed bag. You know, there are goods and bads with respect to going out the legal market. What makes a legal technology company attractive to you? Uh, you know, the, the Disco case study is an amazing example um, of what legal technology company is indeed attractive to us. As I said, we are first and foremost people with respect to what we invest in. Kibi Kamara, the 
founder of uh, Disco, youngest ever graduate from Harvard Law, litigator as a fact, as a practitioner, practiced the business of law for many years, successfully, and then came out to start Disco. So here was an entrepreneur who had oodles of domain, had a real appreciation of the problem at hand uh, in terms of what would make a lawyer's life, what would make litigation support just much more effective, much more successful in what they do, and what kind of software needed to be built to make their life more efficient. So you had an insider's domain, sort of like, you know, are you a practitioner, let's say you were to go start a legal tech company, you would have a keen appreciation of what were your challenges while you were a practitioner and what would make your life easy. And Kiwi here has an undergrad in computer science and math before that, so you could really bridge between the technology world as well as the litigator's demand and needs. Um, and so it could be very articulate with respect to, with respect to what is the future of legal software for litigation and many other ad- adjacent problems here that need to be targeted. So we were really convinced about his perspectives, his opinions, his insights as to what was the product that needed to get built for targeting this specific problem. And that was a giant checkbox for us. Second item was we were really impressed with uh, how this company, in a very short period of time, had accumulated a ton of impressive logos. And um, during a due diligence process, we introduced the company to about four law firms, you know, a couple of them, AM Law 200 law firms, a couple of them, litigation boutiques. Um, and within a, within, a, within a couple of meetings, two of them became customers. So it, it brought uh, conviction to us that this software could actually be sold at least to a partner within a law firm with fairly minimal sales support. Uh, again, the product was compelling, and product, and, and there was a huge pain point that was there. So this was not something where you have to go through an elaborate sales process to compl- explain why it was relevant. So it, it showed a pretty low degree of friction for a failure. Um, so we were we got pretty enthusiastic about the company, uh, the company's ability to sell efficiently, and it had shown some early momentum with respect to sales, um, and, and which was uh, very positive as we extrapolated it to the future. The third thing we're looking for a good legal technology software company is we look for um, technology products where uh, you, there can be a deep technology moat here. Uh, the whole business of building software for e-discovery and review uh, the, the, the software is very complicated. You know, you're, you're working on millions of documents and terabytes of data. You're getting this to be collaborative across often hundreds of people collaborating on something. You have got, uh, you know, complex uh, functions such as how do you implement quality control? How do you do privilege? How do you do batching? How do you tag in some hierarchical fashion? There is a long list of requirements which is required needs to go into software. And so if a company were to go crack these things down, it's complex software. It's not something that somebody can wake up in a basement um, who can, uh, you know, know, and within a year or six months pull a piece of software together and start to be competitive uh, with respect to feature parity and so on. Uh, Getting the feature parity with the best of breed is a very 
arduous, challenging, complicated, uh, you know, path here. And we felt there was lots of headroom available for innovation uh, from a feature set perspective as well as from, uh, um, you know, from using next-generation technologies such as search and, uh, and, 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 you know, and uh, predictive uh, intelligence type stuff and artificial intelligence and so on. So there was a lot of headroom available for technology here. And number four, and, most, and then also the market opportunity was a large one. The amount of spend on e-discovery software, e-discovery services uh, runs into the, in, into the billions. Um, and uh, so you could be operating in a meaningful enough large sandbox to go build a large company. So in summary, uh, to rattle off the four things here again, I would say a, a really impressive entrepreneur who had wicked strong domain for the problem. Number two, early signs of good traction and in our own independent checks, uh, low friction to get to at least a first sale. Number three, huge headroom for technology innovation, and you can build a competitive mode again to future entrance here if you've got the product to have any of the features. And number four, a large market which provided you with the ability to go build a large company. And so obviously if you take those four things put together and if stuff starts to get executed well, you can build a valuable company um, that can be and that's the conviction here which we did disco and obviously that bet is really playing out beautifully here for us and that would be the same test we would apply when we look at other legal tech companies in the future. Where do you see venture investments headed in twenty seventeen as a guide for uh legal tech entrepreneurs? You know, and, and, and there are we continue to see a nice smattering of uh, legal tech companies here in Texas. Um, I think you know, uh, it's 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 uh, there are continue to be huge amount of entry inefficiencies within a law firm, um, and and there are as a result lots of opportunity. Everything from um, the whole business of uh, consumers finding lawyers, which is still a um, which is still a very inefficient process. Uh, legal law firm spend on Google AdWords is the highest of all categories um, because, you know, lawyers are spending lots of money to go advertise to consumers. Here we're talking about things like family law, etc. And so the, the, there's a lot of inefficiencies, inefficiencies in how uh, consumers and lawyers find each other, particularly for on the, you know, family law side of the equation. And then there are a lot of uh, uh, complexities in the business processes associated with uh, how law firms, enterprises collaborate, um, how, you know, documents are stored, managed, processed uh, for not just litigation, but for uh, compliance and a whole slew of other purposes. I think, you know, there is just plenty, plenty of opportunity that's available there. And so we tend to be pretty passionate about the magnitude of opportunity available in the segment. It really comes down to can we find the next TV camera uh, type uh, lawyer turned entrepreneur who's got pretty strong domain and insight on solving a large problem and has a technology approach to tracking it. Um, and that's, that remains the big open question for us before we make the next legal take investment. But it's one I tend to be very optimistic that there'll be 
lot of exciting companies coming out of this category in the, in the next couple of years. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Krishna Srinivasan, a founding general partner at Live Oak Venture Partners in Austin, Texas, an early stage venture capital firm with investments in a variety of companies, including eDiscovery Review software provider, Disco. Krishna, it's really been a privilege. Thank you so much. Ari, thank you very much for the opportunity.